0: Hi, I'm Karina. I'm the Music Ministry Director at Every Nation Auckland City. We are a multicultural, multigenerational, socially responsible church that makes disciples. We hope this message inspires you to honour God and make disciples. So let me just start um, by reading from Je- John chapter 20 verses 30 and 31. If you've got your Bibles, please turn with me. If not, if you've got your eyes, please look up at the screen. (laughs) It says this. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples. So this is at the very end of the book of John. Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may... Believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in His name. So the book of John is filled with accounts and stories and miracles uh, that are not found in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. If you're looking for new stuff to read, if you're reading through the New Testament, you read through Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and you're going, it's a bit repetitive Go to John. Okay, this whole series, seven-part series, covers seven miracles. I believe most of them are not covered in the other books of the Bible. The first three books of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, are called the Synoptic Gospels. The word synoptic comes from the Greek synopsis. Synopsis basically means looking at all of it together in sequence. So Matthew, Mark, and Luke has a sequential telling of many of the accounts of Jesus' life. Remember before Christmas, we had a whole series called Jesus, right? We said, if you want to know what what would Jesus do in every situation of your life, you need to know what Jesus actually did, right? So as you read through the accounts of Jesus' life, and if you're like, man, I need something fresh, go to the book of John. And all of these things were written in the book of John to help God's people believe. So let me pray before I get into the word. Father, we thank you once more. Once more for the book of John, for the miracle series. Lord, as we focus in right now, as we open our hearts and spirits to receive what you would have to say to us, as we have a moment of discussions and prayer, later on today. I pray, God, that you will help us to appropriate your word. I pray that your word will speak clearly to our circumstances and our situations. In your mighty name, I pray. Amen. So as Len said, last week I spoke about the very first miracle that Jesus performed at Cana. It was a wedding. It was a wedding. Um, And I mentioned that you know, when I first learned about that, that it was the very first miracle that Jesus performed, I was thinking to myself, why would Jesus choose an everyday event like a wedding? Yes, it's a big deal for the couple, but it's an everyday event. Nobody died. Nobody hurt themselves, right? There, no one got, was put in prison. There was nothing dramatic like that. It was, they ran out of wine. Why did that matter? And one of the key key points we spoke about last week was that, you know, Jesus or our God focuses on our everyday lives. He works in our everyday situations. And even in the the things that we feel are small things, God works. And so this week, it was so funny, I was, um, my parents, let's throw up the, the pictures, my parents have recently moved to a, a, a little, little two-bedroom house or apartment about 450 meters from our, our place. And so one of the days last week, we, we took a little walk to their house from our house. It takes about 15 minutes, 15 to 20 minutes. And as we were walking along the path, as you can see on the top left, um, the, we found this tree, this massive tree, very mature tree with a branch, that came down about this high, blocking the entire pathway. And it was rather annoying because I know that that branch has been like that for several years. And I was thinking in my head, man, the council should do something about this. You know, the people that actually live on this street should call the council. I was getting a little bit indignant, like, man, this is not my street. Someone needs to fix this. So I thought to myself, as I usually do, I'll do something about it. So I took a photo, as you can see over there of it, and I I said, okay, when I get back home, I'm going to pick up the phone and call the Auckland Council and ask them to help me find the right person to deal with this. And if you've ever dealt with the Auckland Council, bless them, bless their heart. It's such a huge organization that... You know, my son booked some halls from Oakland Council, and he knows. Sometimes you get sent around to different parties, and often it's not the right people, and you get put on hold, you listen to, like, music from the 80s, love the 80s, you know, and you're kind of like, man, half an hour later. So I was playing all of this in my head, going, man, do I really want to do something with this? Or maybe the people living on the street should do something about it. So anyway, we spent about 30 to 40 minutes at my parents' place, and it was time to go home. So I was walking like this. I was walking head down going, do I really have to be the person doing this? And then I was walking on the same path as I came, and then as I looked up, I saw this man with his overalls with the applicator gun looking like he's just sprayed some weeds. And I looked at his truck, and it said, Auckland Council. <laughs> so it's like, uh, excuse me, sir. He goes, hey, mate, are you all good? I'm like, I'm all good. So can I ask you a question? Can you help me out? There's this tree with this massive branch that's blocking the entire path right there. And literally from where I was standing with him, he and I could see it. And he goes, oh, leave it with me. And I kid you not, within 10 minutes, the branch had been cut and the whole thing was cleared. God works in the small things. And sometimes when we take initiative, it blesses the community. Amen? I'm sure lots of other people would be like, who dealt with that? Man, praise God for that human being. I'm receiving some blessings right now because people are thanking God for the little act of miracle that was initiated through my Lack of faith. (laughs) So this morning, I'm going to talk about a second miracle that happened at Cana. It's called the healing of the official's son. And similar to my little story there, the healing or the miracle didn't quite happen the way I expected it to. How often do miracles surprise us? how often do we pray specifically, even in the coming weeks when we go into a time of prayer and fasting, we're like, God, I'm going to pray a specific prayer. You know, I'm asking God for a a, a Tesla, white, you know, (laughs) this model, and it doesn't happen the way you expected it to. Or you're asking for a healing in a specific way and it doesn't happen the way you expect it to. So let's set the scene like any good... Bible reader, I want to encourage us to do this. Whenever you read or look into a passage of the scripture, don't just read that scripture in isolation. Look to the left and look to the right. So this passage goes from John chapter 4 verse 46 to 54. What happened in the early part of chapter 4? John chapter 4. Let's set the scene here. So let me read from John chapter 4 verse 1 to 4. And before I read that, I wanted to set the scene in terms of the geography of how this all happened. So uh, imagine with me in your mind that up north, so there's the River Jordan over here, up north, that's called Galilee, and Nazareth is there, Cana is there, Capernaum is there. Jesus grew up in Galilee, right? He's called Jesus of Nazareth. And so like last week I spoke about the fact that he moved down south, about 80 miles down south and along the river Jordan and went to Bethany, to this place where his cousin bro, John the Baptist, was baptizing people he spent some time with John the Baptist he got baptized by John the Baptist he was taken uh, by the, the devil to be tempted in the desert around the Judean desert further down south Judea, so Galilee Judea, and so over here, at the beginning of John chapter four, it says that Jesus started traveling back. He' performed all kinds of miracles in Judea, and he was ready to go back home. right? So he's traveling north. And as he traveled north from Judea to Galilee, he had to pass through a town called Samaria, right in the middle. And so what used to happen in, uh, in, in those days is that Samaria is filled, a town filled with people that are basically what we call half-caste. They're part Jew, part different cultures, Gentiles, and they're seen to be a race that are inferior or defiled. So lots of Jewish people from Judea would actually, when they travel north, they would actually go up and then they'll cross the river Jordan, go on the other side to bypass Samaria, to get up north. Right? Because they kind of have that view of the Samaritans. But what did Jesus do? What do you think Jesus did? He went straight through it. He went straight for Samaria. And I will go through all of of the accounts of what happened there. He met the woman, uh, the Samaritan woman at the well, and uh, you can read that for yourself. A mighty miracle happened. That woman uh, gave her life to Jesus, to follow her, uh, follow him. And she told the entire town, and the entire town came to know Jesus and gave their hearts to Jesus. And they told Jesus, please spend some time with us. He spent two days with the Samaritans in that town. And then here we pick, pick it up in John chapter 1. Okay, It says, now when Jesus learned that the Pharisees, the religious leaders, had heard that Jesus was making and baptizing more disciples than John, Although Jesus himself did not baptize but only his disciples he left Judea and departed again for Galilee and he had to pass through Samaria I would argue he actually wanted to Okay next John John chapter 4 verse 43 to 45 It says after the two days he departed for Galilee after he spent time in Samaria for Jesus himself had testified that a prophet has no honor in his hometown so when he came to Galilee, the Galileans, his own people, welcomed him, having seen all that he had done in Jerusalem at the feast, for they too had gone to the feast. You know, often your own people you know, are so familiar with you, they don't believe that you are who you say you are. His own people in Galilee didn't believe he was the son of God, who he said he was. So he had to go all the way to Judea perform many miracles, and his own hometown people saw it with their own eyes, and now with his homecoming, they're like, wow, you are. Miraculous. You are who you say you you were. So let's read together today's passage. So we've set the scene of all that's happened before this, and let's get to the passage for today. John chapter 4, verse 46 to 50, it says, So he came again to Cana in Galilee, Jesus did, where he had made the water wine. And at Capernaum, right, so Cana is here, Capernaum's just up slightly further to the east. At Capernaum, there was an official, a very important man, whose son was ill. When this man heard that Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee, he went to him and asked him to come down and heal his son for he was at the point of death. So Jesus said to him, unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. The official said to him, Sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus said to him, Go, your son will live. What happened? The man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him, and he went on his way. Reading on. And as he was going down, the man was going back to Capernaum, his servants met him and told him that his son was recovering. So he asked them the hour when he began to get better, and they said to him, Yesterday at the seventh hour the fever left him. And the father, this official, the father knew that was the hour when Jesus had said to him, Your son will live. and he himself believed, and all his household. This was ha- now the second sign that Jesus did when he had come from Judea to Galilee. Let me unpack some of the key points here in this passage. Well, three things. Everyone say three things. So the first, I want uh, to, to highlight these phrases, and I'll, I'll draw out the point here. In this passage, it says, When this man, the official, heard, he went to him, He went to Jesus and he asked. So the fame of Jesus went from Judea. He had performed many miracles. This was before the time of Snapchat, Instagram, WhatsApp, and Twitter. You know, he didn't have people going, ooh, he performed a miracle. Within seconds, it's up on the cyberspace. No. I would suggest that the miracles of Jesus were so incredible that people would travel miles just to tell others, going, Hey, there's this Jesus! The carpenter from Nazareth. Do you know what Nazareth is? It's a little town just up, of, up north of Levin. Apukikoi, <laughs> Flatbush. Where's Auckland? People say things like, nothing good comes out of Nazareth. How is it that this man from Nazareth has performed these miracles? His fame traveled far and wide, and it came to this official, and he heard. Everyone say, he heard. heard. How often have you heard of God's miracles for your friends, your family, for other people? You watch a video and go, wow, and you hear, now what do you do? with what you heard this man not a Christian a Gentile a high-ranking official when he heard he went to Jesus he went from Capernaum to Cana and he asked everyone say he asked number one point number one often miracles start when we initiate how many of you are believing God for something this year Have you heard of God's fame, His power, His glory? Have you read in the Bible that this God is able, that this God can raise the dead, He can heal the sick, He can come through, but will you initiate or will you just wait for something to happen? What will you do with what you hear? Often miracles start when we initiate, Someone said to me one time, you don't ask, you don't get. (laughs) True. (laughs) So Jesus, I'm asking. I'm asking for this year, 2023, to be a year of completion, of fulfillment for all of us. I'm asking God for this year to be the year that we will fulfill our goals and dreams and desires. Young people, Do you have goals and dreams and desires that you are believing God for this year? Will you ask Him? Don't lean on just your parents' faith. You take control of your faith. You speak to God. If you've been raised in a Christian home all your life, why don't you take the time to get to know God this year for yourself? Nobody gets to heaven by a secondary faith because God doesn't have any grandchildren. We are all sons and daughters of the living God. You may think that your situation is worse than other people, but I can tell you that your situation is no worse than any other. Will you ask? Second point here and second bit of the scripture I want to highlight. Are you following me here? That when you read a chunk of scripture, you can look into some of it and just think, what are you saying to me, God? I'm, I'm demonstrating this to you using a very simple principle called the soap principle. You read the scripture, you make some observation, you apply it and you pray about it. Very straightforward. And if you're feeling that your faith is a bit dry, use this, this principle and your faith, I can guarantee you, will come alive. That's how I prepared for this sermon today. I'm no different than you. So the second passage here, after the official has asked Jesus, he said to Jesus, Sir, come down to Capernaum before my child dies. Can you imagine this conversation between Jesus and the official? And he's saying to Jesus, Could you come down? He's thinking and worried about his son that's on his deathbed. Parents, if you have children, you will know how much that hurts when your son or daughter is sick. And he said, come down. Come down, Jesus. Would you come down? And what did Jesus say to him? Go. Your son will live. I mean, like, sometimes I'm a bit stubborn. When I ask someone to do something, I want it my way, (laughs) right? I want it my way. I'm sure this official, if he's anything like me, he'd be like, but God, I asked you to come. Don't you know that my son's about to die? Do you care? Lord, do you care? I prayed for my visa. I prayed for my job. I prayed for my family member. Do you actually care about me? These things come through our minds. Perhaps it went through his mind as well. Go, your son will live. And the powerful thing was, it doesn't fill in the blanks in between that sentence and the next. It just says the man believed the word that Jesus spoke. Would you believe what Jesus said to you or would you debate that? Do you doubt? Will you doubt it? Will you complain like I often do? Like, Lord, but do you really care about me? Won't you do it the way that I've asked you to do What do you believe in God for this year? The man believed the word that Jesus spoke. So my second point out of three, and everyone's like, oh, he's about to land the plane. My second point is this. Often miracles don't happen the way we expect them to happen. Often miracles don't happen the way or in the timing that we expect them to happen. And moving along, the next passage I wanted to highlight here is, it says, as he was going down. Say this with me. As he was going down. So the the official went to Jesus, had a conversation. Jesus said, go. And he turns around he keeps going. He goes back. He goes back home. Makes the the journey back home to Capernaum. Later on in that, that chunk of verses, it says, his son... Was recovering. Everyone say recovering. It didn't say his son recovered. What's it in English grammar? A present participle or something like that. It's happening. That miracles don't often happen instantaneously. It can, and Jesus can, but so often our miracles go through a process. Are we willing to be a partner with the Holy Spirit and go through that process, go through the pain, go through the waiting? Lord, You don't understand. I feel so lonely. I need some friends. Lord, You don't understand. I've been saving for so long and I, can, I, can't, I still can't buy a house. Lord, You don't understand. I've been believing You in my ministry for new people to get to know Jesus, and we're not seeing anyone come to the Lord. You don't understand. As he was going, his son was recovering. And then halfway towards Capernaum, his servants came to him so excited, saying, your son is alive. And the father knew that the hour, because he asked when, when did it happen, and they told him when it began to happen, and the father knew that that was the hour when Jesus had said, Your son will live. Your son will live. It takes immense faith, my friends, to believe God. It takes immense faith when you can't see. It takes immense faith when God does things not in the way that you expected it to happen. Sometimes God doesn't answer your prayer the the way you want it because it's not what is best for you. Did it occur to to you that God knows best? So often we ask for the things that we want, but God gives us what we need. God works on our character. It's in the waiting, in the process, that God works. So final point, miracles don't always happen instantaneously. Keep walking. Keep listening. My prayer is that all of our prayers will move more from the temporal stuff. Lord, give me a good career. Give me a better job. Give me a pay rise. Give me a house. Give me a a beautiful wife or husband. Not beautiful husband, but handsome. Um, And then what? And then what? My prayer is that our prayers will begin... To sound more like this, Lord, help me to know your heart. Help me to know your will. Help me to know my purpose here in New Zealand. Help me to know exactly why I'm going to this university, exactly why I'm attending this school, exactly why I'm living in this, on this street or working at that job. Why, Lord? My prayer is that our prayers collectively as a church will mature, that our prayers will move on beyond the temporal stuff. Sure, pray about those things, believe for those things, but beyond that, what are we praying about as we lead into this time of prayer and fasting, as you start to write in your booklets, as you begin to fast? Actually, I've got four points. I lied, sorry. It says, this final point, the official said, he himself believed. Because of all of these things that happened, that Jesus says your son will live, and he actually lived without him seeing it. What a powerful thing that happened. It says this official believed in Jesus, and all his household believed. And this point that came from last week, and if you didn't catch the sermon last week, go online, it's going to go live today, a recording of last week's sermon the ultimate miracle is for doubting hearts to turn into believing hearts. Let's pray. Let's pray. Father, we, we thank you for your word today. Let's close our eyes, bow our heads for a moment of concentration and privacy for each other. Let's just take about 20 seconds to, to kind of think about what you've just heard today. As your eyes are closed, heads are bowed for a moment of privacy and concentration, I want to ask and speak to two groups of people. Firstly, you're a Christian. No one looking around. Please respect everyone's privacy. Firstly, you're a Christian. You've been a Christian for a while or maybe you just became a Christian. And something you heard today about this official asking Jesus to heal his son, something about that, has challenged your heart. Perhaps you feel like you need to have a faith like that official that he would initiate, that he would believe Jesus when he said or was about to do something different than what he was expecting. That you want to have that level of faith in Christ but you find that in your everyday lives you you somehow default to doubt. If you're a Christian, and you're challenged in that area, I'd like to pray for you. On the count of three, would you put your hand up so that I know who I'm praying for? One, two, three. Would you lift your hands nice and high? There's hands all over the room. Keep your hand there. When you lift your hands physically, it's actually triggering something internally. It's also showing God that you're saying, I need help. Father, you see these hands, I pray, for every brother and sister of mine here that has lifted their hands. They're saying, Lord, that they want to have a faith just like this Gentile official, this non-believer that actually believed and was able to put his faith in God before the miracle, that they wanted to believe in Jesus in the words that he says. Lord, I pray that you'll answer their prayers, that you'll give, him that, give them that faith to believe to believe for new things for this year, to to believe for greater and mightier things for your purposes. In Jesus' name, amen. You can put your hands down. It's the second group of people. Eyes still closed. If you're here today and you're not a Christian or perhaps you, you once were a Christian and for some reason you've walked away from Christ and you've heard something today that has made you realize it's time to come back towards God. If that's you, not a Christian, or coming back to Him, I'd I'd like to pray for you. Not for you to become a Christian this moment, but I would like to pray for you that God will give you the strength and the ability to take the next step to come back to Him. If that's you, not a Christian, or coming back to Him, and you want to come back to Him, on the count of three, would you put your hand up? One, two, three. Yes, I see your hand in the front. Any more hands? Just keep the hand up. Any more hands? Thank you. Father, I pray for my sister who's put up her hand, Lord, that you will help her, come alongside her, that you lead and guide her, that your Holy Spirit will give her the courage to take the next step, to come towards you, to come towards faith in you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank you for joining us. To know more about Every Nation Auckland City, you can visit our website, www.everynationauckland.city. For more messages like this, you can subscribe to this podcast through Spotify, Apple Podcasts and wherever you listen to podcasts.